0: Welcome to the Thinking Practitioner podcast,
1: a podcast where we dig into the fascinating issues, conditions and quandaries in the massage and manual therapy world today.
0: I'm Whitney Lowe
1: and I'm Luca. Welcome,
0: Welcome to, to the, the Thinking, Thinking Practitioner. Practitioner. Hello, I'm Whitney Lowe and Books of Discovery has been a part of massage therapy education for over 20 years. Thousands of schools around the world teach with their textbooks, e-textbooks, and digital resources. In these trying times, this beloved publisher is dedicated to helping educators with online friendly digital resources that make instruction easier and more effective in the classroom or virtually.
1: Hi, I'm Luca. Books of Discovery likes to say, learning adventures start here. They see that same spirit here on the Thinking Practitioner podcast. And they're proud to support our work, knowing we share the mission to bring the massage and bodywork community enlivening content that advances our profession. Check out their collection of e-textbooks and digital learning resources for pathology, kinesiology, anatomy, and physiology at booksofdiscovery.com, where thinking practitioner listeners like you save 15% by entering thinking at checkout. So, hey, Whitney, how are you doing? And who's our guest today?
0: Uh, Tell, I'm doing very well. And yes, we have a guest again today. We are with Diane Matkowski today, and I'm going to do my best Diane Matkowski uh, impersonation. Say we have Diane, the massage mentor. (laughs) Welcome, Diane. Tell us a little bit about yourself, if you will.
2: Uh, Well, first I have to say that I'm completely overwhelmed with joy to be in the presence of two people that I respect as much as I respect the both of you. And I I love what you're doing, and uh, it's been just an honor uh, getting to know both of you a little better. So I just want to say thank you for your years of hard work, and um sharing sharing what you've learned and i really appreciate you both so i am diane the massage mentor right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we need I, a visual on that Do that. Just audio. I've, Do been like,
2: massage, I've been doing High massage for, <laughs> yeah. i've been doing massage yeah i've
0: been
2: doing massage for 25 years you know i've I've built a business that's a seven-time award-winning establishment. I've written a couple massage books, and uh, I'm now doing the Massage Mentor Institute and Jam events.
0: Excellent! And we just completed the uh, first of those, the Shoulder Jam, which was, I think, a great success. You had uh, what? Can you tell us what the number, the final number of people were that you had to join that event? Is that?
2: I would be I would be thrilled to because when it's when I started it, I was like, man, I really hope we get like. Fifty people. <laughs> yeah. We ended up getting a uh, close to six hundred. So wow!
0: So yeah.
2: I'm really excited about that, and uh, you could feel the energy of that many people being interested. I think when you were at yeah. the event,
0: absolutely. So it was a
1: virtual event. You had a bunch of teachers coming in. You had a bunch of people, and you you pictured it maybe fifty, and then it exploded, and you got like. Almost 600.
2: Yes. So cool. It was very exciting.
0: Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you about this. You really brought together a a diverse and interesting group of educators for this event. And um, I'm assuming that some of these people you didn't know that well in advance um, a lot of them you did, but what were your thoughts on reaching out to some of those people, especially the ones you didn't know as well, and kind of like selling this whole idea of this this kind of event of, you know, one to- uh, body area, one topic area, and lots of different teachers talking about it?
2: I think as a, as a practitioner on the ground, training massage therapists for all these years, you know, you, you kind of start to pick and choose and kind of get a feel for what you would like, You know, and I started interviewing people online uh, about three years ago, and I had the pleasure of meeting Till and some other folks. And as I got in the arena and I started talking to people, I started to get a feel for the fact that, wow, I'm lucky enough to get to talk to people who are really beautiful inside and out, and they've been working as hard as they, I have, teaching building classes and doing all these things. Uh, So they've been working as hard as I have, just in a different way. And as I got to know everyone, I started to realize, too, that we're all kind of in the same place. I started to see a lot of similarities. And uh, so I just kind of went with my gut and went with my heart and uh, started interviewing people. And I formed some relationships. Some I got closer to others. I have to say the rebel was the first person. (laughs) We just this are. Is, this is we, Alice
1: and Denny, the Massage
2: Rebel. Huh? <laughs> yes, we really hit it off, you know. And uh, I got to know Till and some other people, and then started helping them set up classes and doing other things. So it just really evolved kind of naturally. It was just for me. I always try to just do the next right thing. Mm-hmm. What What should I do next? But I have to yeah. tell you, Whitney. I was I, I typing your email. I was like. <sighs> <laughs> I was very nervous. <laughs> I was very nervous, but like I said, you Why? know, you we have. Well, again, it's one of the things that I, I I believe is sometimes we get in this habit of contempt prior to investigation, where uh-huh. we we have our own ideas about how things are going to be, how they look, and we can psych ourselves out before we even try. You know, yeah. so I just kept walking through my fear and did it anyway. And uh-huh. I mean, I'm really glad I did because you're just so kind.
0: Well, you know, in that, thank you very much for that. We won't say what kind. We won't say what kind. Yeah. So, but uh, there's some interesting things in that, like are, that are maybe lessons for um, other people that are faced with challenges in their professional practice or their personal lives or professional lives about really taking that next step out, that sort of fear step of, of jumping ahead and jumping and launching into something. So, how did you kind of overcome some of those feelings or sensations with, you know, reaching out to some of these people and, and deciding to, you know, really step out and put on a big national event like this, too? What what kind of, was, of re- caused that? In
2: 1998, I remember being in my office and I, you know, when I my practice began, I worked with a lot of high end clients and uh, I, I would listen to what they said. I. I found that I wanted to start listening to understand that a lot of people knew a lot more than I did. If I could listen to them, I could learn a lot from them. And uh, the first thing I think I heard that started helping me kind of do things I was afraid of was there was a gentleman who said, if you see a door, walk through it. Just walk through the door, Diane. Just walk through the door. And I think that was one of the things that really helped me kind of get moving. And also too, there's been a lot of times in my life I have been afraid to do something. I haven't done it. And then I look back and I go, oh you know, and as I'm getting up to my fifties now, I'm like, oh no. I'm gonna I'm just gonna keep doing my best to 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 not be afraid and, and, and do it anyway.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well you brought together a really interesting group of people. And I want to kinda to talk about that just a little bit, did you have a vision for wanting to say, like, well, I want one of these and one of these and one of these and one of these kind of thing, or how did how did that sort of group of people come I together think, for you?
2: I think you know, my given name by my first mentor in 1996 was the massage mentor. Someday I think you'll be doing some mentoring, and I really realized the importance of having someone to teach me. And through my career, I've had a ton of teachers, and they've all been very different. I think uh, that helps me relate to a lot of different people, helps me have a lot of different conversations. It helps me meet a lot of people where they're at. So for me, you know, the journey started in 1998 with Ohashi in New York, you know, and I just, so a lot of this journey has just been me trying to learn and grow as a person and the right teacher, you know, they always, I mean, it's very cliche, but they say when when the student's ready, the teacher appears and (laughs) Guess I just got lucky and had an amazing group of uh people appear for me to, you know, encourage them to to do a cool event.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's I mean, part of your story is just that you got inspired and you went for it and you walked through that door. But so and then and then so you, you became the massage mentor. So but who so who were you meant your mentors? I mean, you gave me a clue just by mentioning Ohashi here, but tell me about your mentors.
2: Well, you know, the, my first mentor was, I actually, before I went to massage school, I trained with someone in their home, because in Pennsylvania, there was no licensing. So my first massage mentor, you know, taught me everything, taught, helped me make business cards, brochures, you know, that was the the olden days, you know, modern day, getting into the arena with these teachers that I admire, and I, I feel are just so brilliant and successful The best mentor that I could get would be someone that I appreciate and I respect in the industry. So, I mean, I have a mentor who is—he runs a corporate office with thousands of employees—and then I also, once in a while, talk to a gentleman named Till. Huh.
0: Till! Oh, (laughs) I've heard of him. him.
2: (laughs) And you know, I—Till
0: Oelenschpeigel, right?
2: (laughs) And I've always really been—I'm just open to learning, and I—if I—I know that in through my experience so far to date, you just can't jump into something and figure it out all yourself. You know, you have to be willing to ask for help, be humble. Uh, So I think, you know, that said, I would say in some ways, almost I learned from everyone all the time. Special mentors have been kind of the teachers that I've interviewed. Special mentors to date, I would say Till's definitely one of those for me. Um, Hi, Till. Is that, hey. weird? is that awkward?
1: Oh, no, I'm honored. No, it's true. <laughs> you, you would come to me with ideas and you go, geez, is this crazy? I said, yeah, let's, you, know, you should go for it. And you totally have. You just really built on the ideas. I am so like honored and proud
2: by Aww. Way, to be on your list. Yeah. 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 So it really did. It just was like uh, listening to people and doing it and just not being afraid. I, I know I've said that like 10 times, but I, I was so afraid and I just kept going. And that's the truth. So when, let's,
0: you know, lots of people are out there, maybe they're struggling a little bit in their practice or trying to find some ways to get to that next level of what they're doing in their career. Um, are you, are there any things that you could say would be, what are key characteristics if in your, if you're looking for a mentor, or trying to find, you know, that person that really is the ideal kind of mentor person for you? Do you have kind of like a sense of what's the, what kind of things should people look for in a mentor or somebody to help them along that way?
2: I mean, the first way I was taught is do they have what I want? You know, do they have something that I want or something that I admire? I think that that's a great thing. And I also think just certain people work with certain people well. You know, uh, I've talked to a lot of different people, and then I chose one that felt good to me and someone who was doing kind of what I would like to do someday. So for me, I think it's more so a personality thing and then also a desire thing and a, a willingness to allow that to evolve too. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I've had a lot of teachers and a lot of mentors.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I want to ask another question here, kind of going, going a little bit off, a little bit back to the shoulder gym, but also on another tangent here too. One of the things that I mentioned to you prior to that event launching, you know, we had some um, live Facebook live events where we talked about a little bit and you and I had one of those and we were talking a little bit. And one of the things that I said to you at that point too, is that I really liked with this recent event with the shoulder jam that there was a greater representation of women educators at that event, Um, which is not always the case in a lot of the events that we see across our profession. i was curious, what are your thoughts on why we don't have more women educational leaders and what can we do to sort of create a more balanced representation of that. I mean, you certainly modeled doing something by bringing more women onto that event, which was great. Uh, and so I'm curious, you know, what else can we do and why Why is there that disparity, do you think?
2: And like I said, three years ago, I was, I was teaching my staff. I was mentoring my staff. I was building a business that I could walk away from and it would run itself. You know, I was trying to to own a building, I was trying to do a a lot of different things. So I was very detached from the teachers and what was happening and what the industry looked like until I got back online. And when I got back online, I was like, where are all the women? (laughs) Like, oh, my God,
0: you know,
2: and I found someone like Judith Aston, And I was like, Judith Aston," you know, I found the rebel. I was like, oh, there's another woman. So Mm. they were few and far between, which for me, when I landed back on massage therapist earth. You know, I've been kind of like I said, just in my own little bubble building my own little thing. Not so little anymore, I'm proud to say. But I you know, I I just I I found it interesting because when I started doing massage, it was mostly women. You know, women really ran the industry. So
0: And it still is, I think to a large extent. If you look at the numbers and the demographics, it's still that way.
2: But women I think practitioners, balance, is,
1: women franchise owners, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: But I think it's, balance is good. You know, and I think I'm still not opposed to the way, you know, I think we still have balance, even if sometimes, you know, maybe there's more men teaching or this or that, you know, I do still feel like the community uh, as a whole, as I get to know the men, you guys are all pretty balanced men. You got a little, you know, you got a little feminine side to you. You got a little masculine side to you. You're all pretty balanced. I don't think you could do what we do and not have some form of balance. So uh, I'm very pleased with all the men.
0: Yeah. A deep <laughs> compliment. Thank you very much. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I guess I still feel like I kind of want to figure out how to address the maybe, you know, cultural dilemma that this poses that like you take a man in front of a big conference presentation room saying something and you put a woman in front of that same conference room saying something that's contrary or something like that, the chances are people are going to more likely believe what the man says, you know, and there's just this thing about um, male Educators and people in those positions of power, etc., that seems to be an inherent dynamic. I, I, I don't know how we move up beyond that.
2: I feel like I feel like the first thing that uh, comes to my mind when you're saying that is demonstrate where you are, demonstrate mm-hmm. who you are as a human being. I think one of the things that Till taught me was, you know, you're a little, you know, I'm a little, I'm a little goofy, you know, like I like to have a good time. I get really excited, you know. That's Diane you know, Mm -hmm. and people feel that authenticity. Uh, I'm not trying to be someone I'm not. I'm not claiming to be anything, you know, and I think that I just come and I'm raw. I'm like, hey, what's up to what's up, Whitney? And I'm dancing around. It's not, Uh, for any other reason than I'm just so excited to meet everyone. (laughs) I'm so excited for our industry. I can't believe, like I said, rejoining it, I feel like, how much it's grown, how smart everyone is, what everyone's doing, and that the possibilities are endless for us all as a community. So for me, I just came in as I was. And I I don't know if there's a distinction for me between men and women, this and that. I just think we're people uh, on a journey together. We're all heading to the same mountain. Some of us are driving up in VWs. Some of us have motorcycles. Some of us have Cadillacs, you know. But we're all trying to get to the same place. So a body is a body, um, but a, I don't mean to be teasy. But a soul is a soul. So I don't know if it matters if it's men or women. Although I do agree, like I said, I just out of I guess sake of maybe comfort, maybe I, I mean I'd love to see more women, but I don't. I don't. I just. I don't really see it one way or the other, honestly. Mm
1: -hmm. How was, I got a question for you. How was doing this and maybe by this, I mean, both the, the business you built and now the uh, shoulder jam, which is leading into more jams and different things. How was this? How did this come out of your personal experience? How was this an answer, let's say to the question of your life?
2: Well, i think you know being on the floor with massage therapists there's like so much beyond the techniques yeah. that i've had to mentor them with uh, the technique is like a very small portion of uh-huh. of our work yeah um and seeing the body as a whole is a, a big part of our work i think so for me i just there's a lot of things that i would always hear when people would go to classes, maybe they'd get overwhelmed. They'd get a lot of information. How do I incorporate all of this? And uh, one day I was at my office and one of my therapists said, I really want to learn more shoulder work. And, you know, Till, I'm only one person. I have a lot of tricks on my sleeve. I, I can show a lot of shoulder work. But I realized I needed like Whitney Lowe until, and, and I needed some James Waslowski, you know, that I'm only one person, you know, yeah. and you can't learn everything from one person. And that really... I really had to humble myself with my staff and say, you know, I can't teach you everything. You know, I know you think I'm the best thing since sliced bread, but I can't teach you everything. We, You need a group of teachers. You need a village. So for me, that's kind of how it all started. And one of my therapists literally said, I'd like to learn more about the shoulder. I was like, all right, you want to learn more about the shoulder? All right, we're going to learn something about the shoulder. All right. <laughs> you know, that's really how it started. So. Yeah.
0: So, what were some of the biggest lessons that you learned from this event? This was a, you know, a oh new, uh, new first time doing kind of things like. <laughs> yes. what, what were some of those? I'm sure there was, you know, lessons on technical stuff. There were lessons on, you know, things that you learned from the presenters. But what were some of your big, your big takeaways from that?
2: I think uh, I learned a little humility. I was very humbled, and again, I learned how hard all of you work. Hmm. You guys work hard. You don't just like whip together a presentation. <laughs> on the shoulder. It takes years to get good at teaching. It takes years to put together a good class. It takes years to be able to precisely explain something so that a large group can relate and understand to what you're saying. And I just have gotten so much more respect for the group that taught with me and just teachers in general, because it's an art what you guys do. It's, it's important. We need you. And I'm so thankful for all of you, all the people that were in the jam. So I think for me, I just keep learning humility because, you know, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to whip this together. <laughs> oh my God. It was a lot of work. And, yeah. um, you know, it, it took a lot of energy and it, it took a lot of way. I, I don't think I personally, and maybe today this is how I feel. Like, I don't think life is an I program. It's a we mm. program. And again, I asked for help. And I worked hard and I I listened and uh, it all worked out honestly more beautifully than I, I could have ever imagined. And the people that I liked, I would almost say that I love now. I just, just what a great group of people. And uh, I'm just so thankful for all your hard work and efforts and that I could be a part of kind of sharing that with the community.
0: Yeah. Well, the, that word to community has so much um, power to it. And I think in that particular event, you did a wonderful job of, of demonstrating and showing a sense of community at an educational event, like not just an educational event, but let's face it, it was a, a virtual event where we didn't get that chance to have the personal interactions that we usually have in person. And you did a great deal to bring together a sense of community, you know, the the music and the sort of dancing at the end of the presentations, you know, getting the presenters to come together at the end of the day, at the end of the week and talk about things, Um, do you think this sort of community spirit is an important part of a good educational event? I mean, do you think that that really had an impact, a significant impact on the the quality of that educational event?
2: I mean, for me again, like it's, it's everything. And I learned that from my staff is that they, you can't, I just started to feel overwhelmed. I couldn't give them everything that they wanted. The, the economics, the study of, uh, economics is uh satisfying human needs and wants with scarce resources as a person i'm a scarce resource as a teacher Mm -hmm. you're a scarce resource i mean you guys rock don't get me wrong (laughs) but it doesn't hurt to have a little help and i really do think that massage has always been a community event for me um and it takes it takes more than one teacher to to make a a solid massage therapist Uh, i really think that and and i think that the teachers think that. And uh, I think you all – I think teachers like being around each other. So it's been fun. I have,
1: I have a theory that uh – you know, because it's such a solitary profession for most practitioners, you're in your room with somebody who's not talking to you much. And you're spending <laughs> yes. a lot of time doing that. That any excuse we get to get together is great. And that actually a lot of the CE stuff, including this, is like, this is how we get community. Those are our communities.
2: Mm-hmm. And so you
1: managed to transfer that to an online setting in a really successful way. And we had a lot of fun well- getting connected.
2: It was fun. And and that's exactly that's true, too. You know, that's one of the reasons I started all this. And I've started a lot of things in my life. As a massage therapist on my own, I got lonely, I couldn't learn. I wasn't challenged not being around other massage therapists, I worked for myself by myself for a while. And it was just waiting for the next client, going in the room, you know, And, and working with a group, I found that I was challenged by the therapist around me, that they did things better than I did in some areas. I did not better. Well, you know, their strengths were in areas that maybe mine were lesser strengths. So for me, I found that I learned most being around other massage practitioners. Once I had a team, uh, I just, I went to a whole new level.
1: So true. And then, so then there's the idea of business. Uh, Can I ask you about that a little bit?
2: Till, you can ask me just about anything.
1: Just about. All right. (laughs) So in terms of business, though... uh, you have had some success. You know, you put together your own practice, you put together a clinic, you moved on to now these events and who knows, the sky's the limit. Ooh. But what I hear, yeah, what I hear a lot from people in my trainings and from my colleagues is, you know, I'm not, they say, I'm not really that into business. I'm not that good at business. I'm not a good marketer. I, you know, I kind of do it if I have to, but I, mostly, I just feel like I'm not very good at it. What, what would you say to them?
2: I would say that's going to make for a very interesting practice. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I mean, that's, there's, uh, there's no, I remember when I first started in the 90s, my accountant said to me, Diane, you're a really amazing massage therapist, but you're a horrible business person. And I was really offended by that. But (laughs) it, and two, it takes time to become a good business person. It takes practice. Everything in life takes practice. You don't, very rarely do you just do something and all of a sudden you're brilliant at it. You know, okay. So if
1: I if I'm a practitioner and I think I'm not good at business, do I just need to get over that and get good at business?
2: No, I think you need to find a a mentor and you need to find Uh. surround yourself with people who are doing what you want to do, you know, Uh. and ask for help. There's there's mentors I mean, I'm available. Till's available. I don't know, Whitney. You know, I mean, there's people out there who are, you know, that you could invest in. I think it's important to find someone to invest in, to help you grow as a business person. I so was lucky. Some, yeah. yeah. Getting
1: some support, getting some mentorship, getting some outside input. What else, what else would help people? I I mean, if they I only learned knew about it or only did
2: it. What would it be? I, I mean, I've, I've learned from just, like I said, people around me, yeah. you know, I think that, that that's the best way is to, to find someone that you trust and that will sit down with you and kind of go through what your strengths and your, uh, lesser strengths are, and, and work with you on the lesser strengths when it comes to business. And I think too, a lot of people think they're not as good at. They're not, I'm not good at that. I'm not good at that. Well, let's dive in and see. Let's find out. Let's investigate. Let's uh, give you some challenges so that you can learn solutions. Like I learned how to be a good business person by making a ton of mistakes. My mistakes were my greatest business training. All the things that I did wrong, said wrong, uh, bought that I shouldn't have, you know, all those things. That was my, a lot of my training too. So not being afraid to fail, not that, you know, or, or make a mistake too, I think is an important part of it. Mm-hmm.
0: I think there's two important aspects of team development when you talk about business. And when I say team, I think about that in terms of a big picture view, like, who are some of, like you said, you had an accountant that you worked with, you know, like a lot of massage therapists should not be doing their own books because it just, it really (laughs) is out of the realm of your expertise. And that is the kind of thing that you should outsource. And there's a lot of things that you can outsource on small levels with people um, that would uh, turn out to be really helpful for you in, in building your practice. And I'd also expand that to say there's things that you can outsource to systems You know, now we've got all these online booking systems. We've got, you know, uh, CRM database systems that can help communicate with clients and things like that. There's a lot of ways that people can get help in some of those areas that they're not so good at. So building out uh, resources and teams and and additional things uh, that can really support what you're doing can help you in those places where where you're weaker, I think.
2: And I think, too, keeping your in, in mind your price point, or where are you really as a massage therapist? I think sometimes people, I know a lot of people get out of school and are like, I'm opening up an office. I'm going to fill it with the best stuff. I'm going to put it on the corner of the busiest street. And they don't even have, they don't have clients yet. So, yeah. I mean, it's a process. I My first accountant was my stepmom. You know, we sat around and we figured it out, you know, and slowly now I, I don't even really deal with my books so much. You know, I give the information. But that was a, a long process. And again, just a learning curve.
1: Well, okay. So then if we took some of those things and said, we is there any that that applies to just the practice of doing body work? Are there any of those principles that have really helped you with business, like being available to help, just giving it a, a go, going for it? Do those apply to like what you do with your client on the table too, or are there other things? Oh my goodness
2: gracious! I'm so glad you asked that. Yeah, because I do. I feel like there's a tool. I've, I've, I've developed this tool toolbox. You know, I've done thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of massages in 25 years. <laughs> I've done so many massages. And I feel like the reason that I've endured is one, meeting people where they're at. Two, trusting that I have a good toolbox and that their body will tell me what it needs and just kind of trusting myself. So for me, I think that not getting too caught up and having too many ideas uh, prior to uh, investigation Meaning once my hands are on the client, because someone can sit there and tell you a lot of stuff. And I used to get really caught up. They'd be like this and 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 this. And this, and, this. Uh, and then once I got them on the table um, and felt them, uh, their body might have told me a little different story, mm-hmm. which is why I love that Whitney does such powerful assessments.
1: Yes, that's right. Powerful, clear, methodical, and useful. I yes. Add. All right. Uh so I I only got one more question I've been wondering about and been wanting to ask you in this context. And that is like you talk a lot about mentoring, you do a lot of mentoring, you give honor to your mentors and you encourage people to get mentors. What is your what have you gotten from your mentors that you're passing on? What is your what is your heritage? What is the essential part of that, would you say?
2: Hmm, I think Uh, acceptance is an action word and that um, really everybody has their own journey. And if I get luck, if I'm lucky enough to be a part of that for a little while or a long while, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. But you know, relationships take time to develop and uh, it takes showing up Mm -hmm. and uh, I can't be the only one showing up as a mentor. The mentee also has to show up. So I think just really learning acceptance has probably been some of the greatest gift and, and just being who I am are some of the greatest lessons that I've learned from the mentors that I've chosen.
1: Being who you are,
0: acceptance. Beautiful. Yeah. We'll add that to like going for it.
2: Yes, go for right. it.
0: <laughs> and I want to jump in for a second because I think this is a really good question, and I would like to hear, Till, I would like for you to answer that question oh, also because I'm curious to hear that. I think that's just such a really good question, and I'd like to to hear what you say about that as well.
1: All right. I'm thinking, I'm thinking because it's fair. Turnabout's fair play here. What are, what elements did I get from my mentors that I'm wanting to pass on? Uh I think it's something about a deep interest for me, myself, a deep interest in people and in about what helps someone unfold in the way they want to unfold. It's like a puzzle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a listening and a and a patience and an adapting that I have to do from my side to really find out, help someone find out and know for themselves what that is. And then to have help them have the courage to actually do that, whether it's, you know, to take a big breath or move when it doesn't feel good or come back for a session or do something for themselves, whatever that is. It's that puzzle of how do I help someone take those steps that they want to take for themselves? Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Oh, something just popped out at me too. Yeah. And too, it's being vulnerable and being willing to have life's experiences yourself. It's really hard to share what you have and kind of work through on your own. And uh, I think Mm -hmm. that the mentors that I choose are people that I can see have uh, for lack of a better word, like done the inside job, have like really kind of reflected, look at themselves and uh, are are even available to support me in the way that, that I would hope a mentor would be able to do.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You well, know, Whitney, we got to ask you too.
0: Yeah. So let me think. Well, I'll reflect on that because, uh, again, this made me think a little bit as you were talking about that question. And this, I think kind of gets back to a couple of things, something Diane said earlier to, um, and and also just sort of reflecting on that process. You know, my primary mentor, especially early on in my career was Benny Vaughn and, you know, had the great opportunity to work with him a lot in person one-on-one and for me, uh, he was a mentor not only professionally but also personally yeah. as a yeah. as a marvelous individual that I learned so much from. But there were some really important lessons about mentorship, and I think Diane, you kind of touched on this earlier too, talking about finding your own unique kind of voice and thing. Because you know there was a there was a part of me early on when you see somebody like that who was I mean at the point that I was having the opportunity to work with him, he was already a star. I mean, he was already a <laughs> a huge persona in our field. And so, you know, you see that and you want to like, I want to be like that. I want to be, you know, the next Benny Vaughn kind of thing. I want to be that sort of thing. And we started teaching together um, in the classroom and something became apparent to me really early on, which is that, you know, I can't be Benny Vaughn because I'm not, (laughs) you know, Uh, there was a thing, you know, when he walks into a room he's a big guy. He's, you know, very, uh, he's intelligent. He's a good-looking, good looking, uh, good, sort of this expansive persona of an individual that walks in into me just sort of captivates that energy. And, you know, I realized early on that, that that's not going to be me. I'm not that kind, of, I don't have that kind of magnetism of drawing that kind of energy in. I'm going to have to find what it is for me that really makes what drives me what's going to make you know me be able to to be successful in in that way and uh you know it's it's it kind of tapped into a couple different things one of which was this was happening when i was in probably my um i'm gonna think like back now probably late 20s um and i have always looked a lot younger than i am and I'm a kind of a small person. And so I'd, I had this kind of small stature and persona. And I looked like I was 17 years old when I was in my late 20s. And so I walk into a classroom and we have, you know, a lot of people in our profession who are, you know, second career people and people who are like much older than me. And they walk into the classroom and like, who's the kid? You know, <laughs> who's this kid? And so I realized for me, uh, the way that I was going to have to deal with that was I was going to have to be really... Smart, and I was going to have to be really knowledgeable about what I was doing. And that tapped into something that, you know, I got going on when I was in college in a, a psychology class back in the 80s. And I got turned on to a book by Carl Rogers called Freedom to Learn. And it really was a revolutionary thing for me of recognizing that, you know, my learning is not dependent on school. It's not dependent on me getting a particular degree. It's not dependent on me, you know, following this particular curriculum path. If I want to learn something, it's up to me to find ways to learn that. And so I realized at that point, too, like that's what's going to be my thing is I know how to go do things and create uh, things for me to be a better learner. And so I started, you know, just going to the medical library at Emory University and just staying there for hours and hours just reading stuff and learning things and finding like, where's this going to, where's the adventure going to take me today? You know? So I think that that whole thing with mentorship is so much about finding the thing that makes you unique or your unique way of, of expressing that, that I think is so, so very important.
1: That's great. Love I'm that. Diane and love I love that. Pumping, pumping our fists in the air as you're talking
0: yeah. right. <laughs> for that. It's like, yes. yes. So, so find your thing, you know, Find your thing that that you resonate with. So, um, Dan, a couple of things that we wrap up here today that I want to just look at, like what's coming down the pike for you? What's what's on your radar screen or your horizon for for the next big adventures for you?
2: So yeah, my experience has been on the ground with the massage therapist coming out of classes, coming out of uh, school, and one of the things that I, I, w- I was thinking about, and you know, I've talked to Till about is, you know, I really feel like success it's it's an inside job. You know, it really is. It's it's more than techniques. It's more than uh, as you were saying just now, Whitney, books or a degree or a this or a that. It it really is an inside job. So we're putting together a little series called the inside job series and we're going to have oh. some of the yes yes uh we're going to have uh i believe till will be there uh, i think yeah. whitney, whitney might be there i think uh, we might have some other teachers there i think allison denny's joining for sure uh i believe james will probably join uh so we're all, we're not going to be doing techniques we're going to do a, a a series about how what it means to be successful to you uh from from judith Aston. you know just how what 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 does that job uh, look like without the techniques? So I'm excited about that. Uh, I, I actually can't wait. It'll be teachers, groups partnering, and I think it'll be a lot of fun.
1: That's so great because I mean, in, in some of the talking I've heard you do about it, it's like the thing that makes the techniques work. It's like what is that thing that actually makes the techniques do their good? Yeah, it helps us do our good work in the world.
0: Yeah, very very crucial. So excited to hear more about that and see yep. see how it unfolds. Yeah.
2: When I when I hire I when I hire a therapist uh, I always say that I can teach someone how to to do great techniques but I can't always help someone to wanna be a great person or mm-hmm. you know so for me it really has been an inside job and, and an ongoing process. I'm I'm not a, I think when I'm at the destination I, I wouldn't be sitting here with you anymore. <laughs>
0: <So> I, yeah.
2: <laughs> so.
0: yeah. Well, great. Well, Diane, where can people find you and learn more about what you're doing with your whole um, plans and processes you got coming down the pike?
1: And what about, sorry, and what about her hip jam?
2: Oh, yeah, the hip that's jam! Yeah, right. we, we
0: didn't hear about that. That's right. <laughs> the hip
2: jam! So, yeah. so we did the shoulders because of a staff member by the name of Eugenia of mine. She's like, I want more shoulder stuff. And then uh, Till was like, I think hip's next. <laughs> so we're just going to, I think we're going to work through the whole body. Uh, one body part at a time. And and who knows how long that'll take, you know, because there's a lot going on with the human being. So we could be doing this for quite a while. But yes, the hip jam is next. And some people were like, well, what about the neck? And I say, well, the, the neck and the hips go together, everything goes together. So really, every class of the single parts of the single parts are really helping us understand the body as a whole.
1: Cool. Nice, and All that's right. coming up. Do you have dates you want to mention? I do. I have dates:
2: October fourth okay. to October eighth. Uh, Great, a, a fun-filled, packed week of uh teachers and 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 fun.
1: October fourth through eighth. This is twenty twenty-one. We'll put a link to that in the show notes so that people can go check that out. What else Wonderful. do you want to tell us about on the way out, Dan? What else do you want to? Bookmark
2: or flag that. Just, just again, I just want to say that I'm I'm humbled and thankful for all the teachers uh, that are involved with the the institute and the jams and now the series. Uh, and I just I don't your your work to me is it doesn't go unseen. And uh, I just really have a lot of respect for all of you. And I'm I'm thankful for your all, all your hard work. And it's good to be like out of my office and and playing with you all. So hi. <laughs>
1: All right. (laughs) It's been great to have you here. I'll go ahead and do our closing sponsor thank you. And the thank you today is for ABMP, who say they are proud to sponsor the Thinking Practitioner podcast. ABMP membership gives massage therapists and body workers exceptional liability insurance, numerous discounts, and great resources to help you thrive, like their ABMP podcast, available at abmp.com slash podcasts or wherever you listen. Even if you're not a member, you can get free access to Massage and Body Work magazine, where Whitney and I are frequent contributors, and special offers for Thinking Practitioner listeners at abmp.com slash thinking.
0: And we want to say a big thank you to all of our sponsors and also to all of our listeners who tune in every once in a while to listen to us. We really appreciate you, and we really appreciate the notes and everything that you send over uh, to us as well. You can stop by our sites for show notes, transcripts and any extras, um, you can find that with me over at academyofclinicalmassage.com. And Till, where can people find that through you?
1: Advanced-trainings.com. Just pick, uh, click on the podcast or blog link and that'll take you right to our episodes. If you've got questions or things you want to hear us talk about, email us at info at or look for us each on social media. I'm at my name, Tilluka. How about you, Whitney?
0: Also at my name, Whitney Lowe over there. And you can Follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you else you happen to listen. And of course, if you're unable to find us in any of those locations, you can grab a couple of empty cans of jolly green, giant green peas and tie a string between them and put them up to your ear, and you'll hear us there.
1: I gotta test that out. I'm gonna hear it. Do it. Right.
0: All right. Okay. In fact. All right. I think that's going to wrap it up for us here. And we will look forward to seeing everyone again very shortly.
2: Thanks, Diane. Thank you. Yep.